Good morning, good morning, how are you? This is Brenda Eshen Shoshana back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Almost three years this podcast has been going. In March, it will be three years. And it feels like one day, so three years, one day, one afternoon, all the same somehow. Three years is just a thought in our mind. Right now, this day is what practice is about. And I actually have a wonderful, wonderful title for today's talk, which was given to me by a very, very special and dear Zen friend. And the the title is, I'm not getting anywhere. (laughs) Oh my, oh my. This is, in my view, one of the strongest, most devoted, most inspiring Dharma brothers I have. And I know, and I've known this person for many, many, many years. And the other, and yesterday he called and said, I don't know about this Zen stuff. I'm not getting anywhere. Wow. Now that is an incredible koan. Or you could call it a mando, a mando. Is like a little conversation between two Zen folks who are practicing hard, or I know hard or light, who've been practicing for a while. Or the better way to put it is who care about practice very much. Anyway, I'm not getting anywhere. Now, we all feel that way. Everyone, whether you've sat or not, practiced or not, I don't know about this stuff. <laughs> It's not working for me, even though it works, or I, I don't, that's the wrong word to use, even though it's been, incre- and the person even said, of course, of course, it's incredibly beneficial, gotten me through the whole pandemic, on and on and on, of course, and I personally know, of course, the deep way it's affected his life and the great meaning it's had for him, and yet a moment comes for every single person, when everything flips over, eh, who needs this? It's no good. Not getting anywhere. It's not working for me. Notice there's a me implicit in that. It's not meeting my needs. It's not giving me anything. I'm the worst Zen student there is. And, and the reason I'm talking about it is because it's, it, this is such a universal dilemma that we all go through, whether it's with Zen practice or with anything in our lives, even relationships. Ah, this marriage isn't working anymore. 50 years, it was fine, but who needs it now? Or whatever. We somehow dismiss or we somehow throw away that which is so precious. And we don't do it purposely or consciously. Believe me, we don't. Something comes over us. It could just last for a moment, that kind of reaction. It could last for the length of a phone call. It could last the rest of our lives. Very, very, very poignant, really. And there's so much to talk about within that. Because one of the important points is, where do you think you're supposed to get? I'm not, it's, I'm not getting anywhere. Now, we all want to get somewhere. But Zen practice asks us to pause deeply, I mean deeply, and say, where are you supposed to get? What are you supposed to get? 
where are you actually going? And as we really explore this question, we sit still on the cushion or on a chair and we don't go anywhere. Nowhere. We don't even move. We stop trying to grasp and get anything at all. In fact, Zen practice is the very opposite. We're actually opening our heart and our hands and we're letting things go. We're putting them down. We're emptying out the room, our life, the drawer. So when Roshi said a beautiful thing about this, he said, usually when you want to see the beauty of a room, you bring in wonderful things to the room to make it look beautiful. You bring in paintings, calligraphies, cushions, flowers. You do everything you can to decorate the room, make it, and that, that's beautiful, we think. And of course it can be a form of beauty. But, but as he said in Zen practice, to find the beauty of the room, we don't bring anything into it. In fact, we take everything out, 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 out. We empty the room out. We empty it out. And that empty space, wow. The marvel, the beauty, what's contained there, that's something else. And in the same way, we do that with our life. We don't keep trying to decorate it. Pretty hair, pretty shoes, (laughs) pretty lipstick, whatever, whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There isn't. It's fun. And And I like it too. But when it's When we're talking about finding the essential beauty of our life or the essential meaning of our life is another way to put it, to get somewhere, to achieve something, to realize something, to receive a sense of fulfillment. The decorations are not going to do that. We have to empty it out of all that because in Zen practice, all of that, while it's fun and it's nice and it has its place and function, It's basically a huge distraction from seeing the beauty of the empty space and from putting everything down, down. It could be very frightening to do so. Within all of us, we want to be somehow to feel like we've achieved something important in this life, especially as we're getting older and older. That, that wish can arise again. Um, it can arise. We're facing, we don't know what, time to leave for many of us. Of course, inevitably for all of us to transition. And, 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 and there's a natural reviewing of our lives, sorting things through, which is what we do on the cushion all the time anyway. Reviewing it, sorting things through. And we want to feel somehow our life has had meaning. It's touched the heart of the matter. It's touched others. And we also want to leave something that's worthwhile behind. That's a natural wish for all of us as the days go by. And some of us have it very strongly too, all the time, from even when we're quite a bit younger. So his cry out was a very normal, natural, beautiful cry. It came from a heart that really wants that badly 
wants his time to be worthwhile and wants what he leaves or what he knows or what he shares to be worthwhile as well. But you know, from the Zen point of view, we have an assumption here that everything is not really worthwhile. Every moment of our experience, very, very precious, whatever it is, whatever it is, and leading inevitably to the next moment, and then the next moment, by itself. It's not like we have to get somewhere. That's a very goal-oriented kind of thinking, which is not necessarily beneficial at a certain point in one's life because we set up goals. I, I was going to say artificial goals, but what I mean is constructed. We, const- we contrive them. We think them up. Well, what would I like? And <clears throat> we'll go into a fantasy. Maybe the goal that we're trying to achieve now was a goal we had when we were seven years old and we never got it then, so we're trying it again now. It's not finished, not fulfilled. <clears throat> Sometimes we're living with goals of our parents and our grandparents and or our husbands and wives, our friends. We want to achieve those goals for them or to be appreciated and valued by them. That's a different kind of goal. You know, all of these different goals that we live with when we try to get somewhere, they have their place, they have their time. It's not the heart of Zen practice, even though some forms of practice really push. And I've been through that form for many, many years. And the Kesaku, which is a wooden stick, hits hard, harder, harder, practice more, practice harder. Don't dream on the cushion, wake up, wake up. There's a lot of admonitions like that in the Rinzai school, which is very beautiful school. Wake up, wake up, become enlightened. That's another goal. And there can be huge push for that, and there's nothing wrong with that either, except it can leave people very, very depleted and discouraged and disappointed. Excuse me, because even though we may have enlightenment experiences, whatever that is, I know some teachers say enlightenment is not an experience, like Joko Beck. But that's another point. We could talk about that later. Even if you have any kind of experience, it's not going to last. It's just an experience. No experience lasts. There's just the next moment that appears. Now, many say if you have this opening, it encourages you to keep practicing. And you face the next moment differently. Well, sometimes yes and Sometimes, no. And any way you face the next moment, that is your practice right then and there. You don't have to get somewhere. Somewhere is coming all by itself right to you. (laughs) It's being there with it, for it. Now, this person who cried out, he is a very selfless person, gives so much to others. So interesting, isn't it? I said, one of the things I said to him is, well, Zen is not about getting, it's about giving and being, just being. 
where you are. Just a little reminders. That's what Zen friends do. We give each other reminders. We might call with a call like that. That's what Sangha is, the Zen community. And, and, and offer a little reminder. But that longing for that experience appears again and again. Either we want more of it or we want it to, to stay or many, many things. Very, very dangerous because it negates our everyday experience, every moment experience as if there's something bigger, better, as if our life just as it is isn't enough or is somehow not good or not right. So as we return again and again to the cushion, again and again, and by the cushion I mean return to yourself, to your heart, to your breath, to the moment. You can be on a chair, you could be washing dishes when you return to the moment, which means not trying to get anywhere, not trying to even clean the pot, just washing, washing, wash, enjoying that, focusing not on finishing up, but on each stroke of the cloth, washing. So in Roshi said, clean that pot until there's not even the least tiniest little drop left. Just 100% clean the pot. Beautiful. That is Zazen, indeed. Clean the pot without wanting someone to say, oh, you did a great job, or look how clean the pot is. Just keep cleaning that pot. Because it's, and, and, and form a relationship with it. It needs cleaning, you clean it. That is Zen. Sweep the room. It's messy. Little dust here and there. Somebody left something on the floor. Don't grumble, no grumbling, no complaining, no judgment. Pick up a broom and sweep thoroughly. Just be the sweeping. That is it. And that is where we have to get. Don't have to get, but he says, I'm not getting anywhere. Where, where do we have to get? Just pick up a broom and sweep the floor. If it needs sweeping, if someone needs a loving, just give them the love they need. Give it to them. No questions asked. No holding back. No holding on. If a little baby comes to you and their face is all smudgy, you pick up a little tissue and you just clean it off. Just respond to what's asked of you, what's here, what's needed with no complaint, no hold back. Letting go of your personal hungry heart. So I'm going, it's a very simple practice. And the reason for me it's so beautiful is because it's the your whole life turns into almost like a prayer. Your whole life turns into a consecrated life, a sacred life, a life where you honor every single thing that comes by. Not, one thing isn't rejected, another accepted. Whatever comes to you in your world is cared for. And as Uchiyama Roshi said many times, to care for things makes the whole world come alive. 
So now if the whole world has come alive, what what does the question mean? I'm not getting anywhere. Where do you need to get? The whole world is here and has come alive. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you. It's great to talk to you today. I wish you all a very beautiful day. Uh, write to me if you feel like it. It's topspeaker at yahoo.com. And the URL for the podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. Thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.